millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. And we're going to the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group, where Jane Pickett, our resident vet, joins us. Uh, good afternoon to you, Jane. Good afternoon, Patricia. And at... Uh, a query that came in earlier and I said we would put it to you. I was talking about Dogs Trust and the fact that so many dogs have been surrendered since Christmas, which is a really sad, sad state of affairs. But that then led to responsible pet ownership and the need to have pet insurance. Uh, somebody was on about her, one of her dogs needing a very expensive operation. Somebody, another dog needed to be scanned and blood tests and x-rays are done. And she hadn't had pet insurance. And as the dogs were over 10, you can't get pet insurance unless you've been, is that correct? Unless you've always had pet insurance, you can't suddenly get pet insurance when a dog is 10. It's a little bit difficult. It varies quite widely from company to company at what age they'll exclude an initial initial, initial kind of registration for insurance being made. Normally, if the pet is insured, I suppose, ideally, uh, you know, as soon as you get it young in life, it's very rare that companies would, let's say, they'd reach a certain age, let's say 10, for example, and that the company would no longer um, honour their insurance. Now, every company is different and it's really important to read the small print, the terms and conditions of your specific policy, because unfortunately, there's no kind of there's no information that's, um, let's say, a one size fits all with these. And they are very, very personal. I would say, you know, if you do want to get your older dog insured, be aware that most companies would exclude pre-existing conditions. And I suppose that that's only fair. You're insuring for the unforeseen, not for the, the current issues, as it were. But there are still merits in getting it done, particularly, let's say, if it was a, a 10 year old cat, they may still have many years um, out of mileage on the road. And I suppose certain health issues accompanying old age that may come along with it. So it may be worth ringing around a number of different companies and see if they have a product that suits you. But in general, pet insurance, I would say these days is, is pretty much becoming a must. Um, with the kind of range of treatments and options that are available for pets and range of investigations and the, the modern equipment that's available now, more is available for your pet, both to diagnose it and to treat it than there ever was before. And it's really, you know, in, in the, uh, how modern veterinary medicine is, is increasing at, uh, you know, a really, really quick speed. So obviously, as things become more modern, the techni- technology and the kind of associated skills you know, there's, there's quite a lot of costs associated with that um, on the veterinary practice side. So obviously we want to make veterinary medicine kind of uh, and veterinary care attainable for every pet. But obviously, you know, the more modern end of things, it can become quite expensive just due to the input. So having pet insurance so that you can offer your pet the best option for them or the best investigations for them 
is a real kind of lifesaver and it takes the weight and anxiety of the financial aspects of it off you when you know you do have a bit of a rough time if your pet is ill unwell has an accident the last thing you want to be worrying about is finance and you really just want to be able to focus on your pet so I really would recommend getting insurance yeah and I I couldn't get over when the when the initial text came in I did a quick google search while the news was on I, I couldn't get over the amount of companies that are offering pet insurance in this country yeah, and I think I would just kind of say a word of warning. As a vet, I can't really recommend one over another for legal reasons. But what I will say is I would maybe say the companies that have maybe been there a little bit longer. I know in this country we have a bit of a history of, of pet insurance companies coming and going and then the associated policies may be becoming invalid as the company goes bust. So maybe look towards ones that have a bit of stability and longevity behind them. But also it's really important to try and get a policy that's going to you know, help your pet longer term. So what I always say to people is have a look online, make yourself aware of what's out there. But the best thing you can do is ring these people up and ask them the question yeah. and say, if my, if my dog gets a long-term disease, and I normally say use diabetes as, a, as an example, if my dog gets diabetes, will you pay for its treatment until it dies? And if you if they say to you, yes, we'll cover that as an ongoing cost, then you know that's probably a good policy to go with. If they say no, we'll exclude it after a year, then I'd I'd probably start running a mile. Okay, so, so it's a little really, bit like health insurance. You need to do the research on it and make sure that you exactly. are you are you are covered. All right. But worth certainly worth the investment because some of the operation, particularly if it's an accident, can be astronomical. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. They really can run into the multiple thousands now. Let's say if a dog had a car trauma and it needed extensive surgery, you could be getting up towards six, eight, ten thousand if you wanted, let's say, specialist referral and all of the treatments that will be available. Obviously, it's very dependent on what would have happened to that poor little pet, let's say, for example, in a car accident. But, you know, that that's kind of the scope of what's out there, which is brilliant for the pets at this point because we can offer them so much but it does come at an associated cost just due to the skills and equipment required. Mm. And like humans, pets are living, we're living longer, so are our pets. Thankfully, mm-hmm. thankfully. Okay, straight into questions. Eileen Infomoy has two cats. It's a one-year-old and the one and a half and the other is nine uh, months. The one and a half-year-old is not neutered. The nine-month-old is neutered, both male they're pulling the fur off each other constantly at it. It almost sounds like play fighting, but it isn't quite play fighting. But they seem to be nibbling at each other and pulling the fur off each other. Why would they be doing that? OK, there's a number of reasons here. If it was, let's say, kind of one cat grooming another, very peacefully calm. And I suppose the, the indications of that would be two little calm cats lying down together. Or maybe one cat is grooming another in the same way that you'd see them cleaning and grooming themselves. Then that may be kind of a, a nurturing, nursing behaviour. And that can actually be quite normal. Um, if it's a little bit more on the aggressive side and you do actually see them pulling at tugs of fur, it can be two things. It can be avert aggression so all is not well in the cat relationship and one cat is becoming very aggressive towards the other or sometimes both against each other or it can be a a kind of a dominance behavior so it can be one cat kind of trying to assert its dominance over the other cat in the little cat hierarchy of the household now what i will say is if it's anything of the latter two so kind of avert aggression or a kind of a dominance behavior one cat kind of trying to you know make themselves the the top of the pecking order then it's really important to have a look at the environment that they're in and try and make it as peaceful for the cats as you can. With cats, they're very resource-based. They care about having their territory, their access to food, 
their access to water and their access to a human and also their access to a toilet. They're kind of their basic needs. And if cats have to tussle or fight over these basic needs, whether it be a, a litter tray that they have to share or only two litter trays and they both prefer the same one, or let's say they're being fed together and they don't feel quite comfortable with that, or even if they're just not getting enough individual time with their designated human, then you know they really can start to target the other little cat. Cats are actually designed to be solitary territorial creatures. So having a multi-cat household, although some cats adapt really, really well and like having a buddy and company around, by their very nature, multi-cat households uh, tend to be challenging. There tends to be a degree of stress there, certainly at some points, not always. So I would say make sure that you always have one more litter tray than the amount of cats you have. So you have two cats, make sure you have at least three litter trays. Make sure that your cats, if maybe trial a period of putting their food and water out of a line of sight of each other so that they can eat and drink peacefully apart from each other and certainly not from the same dish. And try and spend just kind of equal time with both of them so that they both feel that, let's say, their their need to just spend time with the, their kind of human companion is is met. I think it's really making sure that they don't have to compete for resources and they're both content and as least stressed as possible. It may help you help, help things to settle down. OK, and somebody says, I just don't, I can't remember what the question or the query was with regard to this, but hi, just to let you know, I took Jane's advice and started taking my dog for a walk for him more than me with the result that a walk that used to take less than an hour, we're now out for an hour and a half every day, but at least he's happy and it's signed worn do- worn out dog walker uh, and obviously that was somebody a dog that was bored or whatever looking for looking for more stimulation Oh that that's lovely to hear I think a lot of the time uh, if we get kind of caught up in the idea of I'll go out for a half an hour power walk with my dog to get some exercise in you know although they're they're walking and the exercise is good for them they really need that mental fulfillment of you know going on a bit of a sniff and looking at the area around them and that's just much more min- mental stimulation for them so sometimes that can really help and it sounds like it might have in this situation so that's that's brilliant Sean wants to know is it okay to put in boiled or mashed potatoes to feed a dog or as part of a dog's diet? Is it okay to give a dog potatoes? Oh, in very small amounts. But to be honest, I'd struggle to think of a reason why you'd need to. Um, I would normally recommend for dogs and cats uh, a complete commercial diet is going to be the safest thing to feed them. And that's because we need to make sure that they're getting the right balance of vitamins, minerals, proteins, fats, and, you know, organising the right vitamins, minerals, proteins and fat in the right ratio for your pet and their life stage. You know, we're not all nutritionists and we can't be expected to be. So I'd say trust trust the professionals and use a, a kind of a really good quality commercial diet and have a chat with your vet about the, what they'd recommend. But in small amounts, if your pet is very fond of a bit of that mashed potato, it shouldn't do any major harm. But one thing I'd warn against is adding kind of butteriness to it. So let's say the mashed potato we might have on our own table. Butter can be, I suppose, on the higher end of the fat content. And that can sometimes trigger trigger tummy upsets such as pancreatitis in some dogs. So I'd be a little bit wary of that. Okay, a one-year-old Labrador advice piece constantly pulling on the lead. Would a harness help? A harness can help. But uh, what I'd say is I I generally recommend harnesses for most puppies because they're a little bit more secure um, and you have a bit more control of them, let's say, in public situations whilst they're getting used to being, let's say, social and around other dogs. So you could change to a harness, but I don't think that's going to be a kind of a magic bullet for your problem, certainly. 
it's going to take some time you need to work on getting your dog to kind of pay attention to you so kind of looking to you for instruction rather than just trying to pull you off in the direction of what they want to go towards and certainly like I was saying with little sniff walks you know sometimes taking them letting them have the initiative to go and sniff something is fine but if you want to have a dog that walks easily on the lead and is a comfortable experience for you and your dog you need to try and bring the attention back to you I would say if you're struggling at this stage and it's making things uncomfortable, getting a recommendation for a dog trainer or veterinary behaviorist from your local vet will be the way to go. Um, and really just trying to maybe shift the focus to yourself. So if your dog is pulling on the lead, maybe bring it back to you and give them a command for sit or stay so that the focus returns to you. Give them some positive reinforcement and then try and resume your walk. So if they have got the groundwork of sit, stay, lie down as basic commands, then brilliant. Use those to your advantage to get the attention back to you. If you haven't got those commands nailed down and they're not sorted, then that would be my first protocol. Okay, Joe has an older dog, it's a sheepdog cross, unsure of its age, but it's certainly well over 10 years of age. Uh, wondering, could it be arthritis? He seems to be a bit stiff when he, when he gets up, but he's walking fine, outrunning and everything. And then he noticed this week he's licking his front paws. Could that be a sign of arthritis? It could indeed. So kind of stiffness when rising from recumbency is one of the key pointers that will point us towards arthritis. And very much like humans, sometimes we can loosen up a little bit once we get going. Um, But generally, the discomfort will always be there. We do appreciate kind of licking over joints and licking at feet as a, a kind of an indicator of discomfort in our pets as well. So if you've noticed that, I would suggest you take a, a trip to your vet with this little pet. Make your vet aware of what you've noticed as regards his discomfort at home. And most importantly, kind of the recent licking at his paws, because there's other things that can cause licking of paws, for example, itchiness. Um, so your vet will be able to do a full physical exam and kind of assess the range of motion of, of, of your dog's joints and might potentially suggest some further investigation or might even suggest some initial treatment if it, if it is the case of arthritis. So I think have a chat with your vet about this one, get your dog seen for an appointment. And there's lots of things that we can do to make older dogs feel comfortable in the case of arthritis. So it's really, really worth pursuing because we can make their quality of life Yeah, it is. Much, that was the, the end part of, the, of Joe's question was, is it treatable? It absolutely is. OK, we'll leave it there. Jane, have a lovely week. And you we'll, too, chat, we'll chat again next week. Uh, Jane Pickett, Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.